Hey guys, it's the You Made New podcast, episode six of season five. This is JC. I hope you're ready today to talk a bit about hide and seek, about this little detail in our story of Adam and Eve. We're still going through their, their whole process. And our goal is not just to look at the details of their story. Our goal is to learn how to find life. After being cast out of the garden, how do we make it back to the tree of life, back to the Lord's presence? So these little details um, are keys. I hope you're beginning to see that already. They help us see things that are keeping us from doing that very thing. We saw how the fig leaf aprons can kind of be a false self that we are trying to cover up the fall instead of actually get it fixed through Christ. So this is an even bigger one. We're not just trying to cover ourselves up. We're completely bailing and taking off and leaving and running off into hiding. Now, I know that's what they did in the story, but it's really, really, really easy to say, okay, I don't know about this one. I don't, I don't think I do that. Again, if we're active in our faith, our assumption is, well, the ones in hiding are ones, the ones that have left church that have left God, that no longer pray. We talked about this. Today, we've got to go deeper than that. How do I hide? There's so many ways I try to hide from him, even even if I'm an active believer, and sometimes I'm not hiding. Sometimes I'm pulling myself or my scriptures out. Sometimes I'm on my knees. It doesn't mean I always am. So let's let's get into this. Let's go. Um, What I want to do from the beginning is maybe shift the language just a little bit to make it more relatable even to our generation, some of the phrases that we use about our behavior now. So instead of just calling it hiding, we're going to talk about it that way. But I want to suggest we could look at it as escaping. How do we escape? Not just hide. Because I looked up synonyms for the word escape. Listen to this. This sounds just like hiding. Here's the synonym, sneak away, cut and run, disappear, duck out, flee, fly the coop. Doesn't that just sound like running off into hiding? We escape. We run. Um, My favorite definition, though, is avoidance of reality. We escape when we escape or hide. we, We do all we can to avoid reality. So looking at at this through that lens, right from the beginning, here's the question we're going to ask ourselves. How do I escape an attempt to avoid reality? I mean, life's pretty brutal, right? There's some things we definitely would like to run from. And so I'm guessing that my first few examples you've probably already thought of, or at least a few of them. What's the most obvious? How do we escape? How do we hide? Consider, let's, let's look at social media to start with. I open my phone, I open the app, and I start scrolling. And where does my mind go? I'm completely lost in those pictures and videos and articles. And I'm clicking and clicking and going to this and going to that. I have lost all track of time. I've lost all conscious awareness of my life around me. I am in my phone. My attention has run from normal everyday life and it has... It's hiding. It's escaping into that phone. That's where my mind is caught up. I'm gone. I'm not paying attention. That's why you can't text and drive, right? You just, you can go into that phone and that's where your attention is. 
And boy, don't you think we use it as an escape? I use it as a way to avoid reality because that day was bad and I can just disappear into my phone because those pictures are happier and those pictures distract me or numb it, right? Um, Huge hiding place. Another one I thought of was mine. It's food. Get the kids in bed after a long day. For years, this was me, boy. I, I deserve a reward. I would get out the treats and I would just be caught up in the taste, the eating, the pleasure of it, the escape of it. Or, or if you're at work, many little times during the day, you just pull out your snacks and you can just escape. You can just have a little moment where you can get away from the stresses of work and disappear into whatever that thing is that you're snacking on. It's, it's a, you can see how escape fits that even better than just hiding. I run off to the kitchen to, to avoid reality, to get away from the stresses of my day, to, you know, duck out, disappear. What were those synonyms? I just take off into my favorite little hiding place and it's the kitchen or it's a a restaurant or it's, I get in my car and go to the store to go get, you know, a treat, whatever my favorite place is to go get something. It's my escape. How about, boy, probably one of the biggest ones I think we do, we use today to avoid reality is binge watching, right? Or we can, not just TV, um, Netflix, binge watch, the, the joke is all about how we all binge. We don't just watch, we binge. But I can do this with fiction. I can binge read. I can binge play video games. All of these worlds, the TV, the fiction, the, the video games, They take my mind into a whole alternate place. Like I'm completely immersed in these stories and I'm not aware of my pain or my life or my stress anymore. I'm just taking on the emotions of the characters. If, If you're a girl and you go watch a chick flick, I can be all caught up in the fun feelings of, you know, she's all in love with it. And I get, I can escape to that or the suspense or an action movie It takes me away from my everyday life and I can escape into their world and be that person for a while, don't we? We start to feel the feelings with them. That's why we walk out of movies on a high or close a really, really good novel like, ah, it lifts us right out of the fall. It lifts us right out of our spiritual death. We can escape all of that and just disappear into these things. Wouldn't you agree? These are ways that we hide. We run Things we run to. Now, um, the biggest thing I think that happens when we begin to talk like this is, and I felt this same thing, is we start to get defensive like, okay, hold on, can't can I even have any escapes? Isn't that normal? Like to have just a place to relax? Don't start, you know, getting all <laughs> into my business. These are my favorite little, I'm not breaking the law. I'm not, <laughs> not having an affair. Just on my phone for a few minutes to just take a breather, right? And I get that. Here's the thing with these kinds of hiding places. They're not inherently evil. Like Christian leaders I follow have social media accounts, right? I mean, food was given to us from God as a gift. We were made to find pleasure in food. Or or watching a really good movie. I've had movies that have been life-changing for me. That have been so profound and impactful in my life. These things aren't inherently bad. It's not that the escape is bad. It's if I'm using it to hide. 
if I'm using it to escape, if I'm turning and running to that thing for refuge or comfort or joy or deliverance from the fall. I've had a bad day. My spiritual death is wigging out and I need to just avoid reality. I just need to just turn on my phone and check out, turn on Netflix and check out. I can't handle it. This is my escape. But here's the thing. These things also keep us separated from God, right? Like the whole point of Adam and, Adam and Eve's verse didn't just say that they ran off into hiding. It didn't just say, oh, they're playing hide and seek. They went and hid. The verse says specifically they hid from the presence of the Lord. So if these things, again, which aren't inherently evil, are, are just keeping us from his presence, then they're hiding places. They're not going to lead us to find life. They're a counterfeit. I mean, okay, let, let's not be too hard on ourselves that we've done this. Let's make sure right from the beginning, life is brutal. It can be incredibly hard and we've each have found our places to go for comfort that makes us feel better. Like I, I absolutely have so much um, love and compassion for that. That's kind of life starts to be hard as a child, not just in a, as an adult. Like we're hit with all kinds of stuff. And for me, I learned to go to food really, really young. Like that, I learned that was a good place to find some relief. And I did, I learned that. Yeah, let's not have shame over this. Let's have compassion for ourselves, for the difficulties of living in a fallen world. Sometimes we're just trying to survive, right? And we're just trying to find some things to give us a little relief. Let's not be too hard on ourselves. But if we're trying to find life in Christ, We've got to see our hiding for what it is, right? We've got to see. I mean, there may be many other options, sports, hobbies that we just get lost in, retail therapy, Amazon. (laughs) Where do I run? I've got to see my hiding for what it is. What am I, what place am I going? Not only for comfort, but that takes me away from his presence. I just get lost in that place. I could stay in it for hours. Because it feels so good. It just makes me forget. Here's the craziest part about our hiding is that we can see when we stop and look at it. We're running and hiding from the effects of the fall. If we start to see all this misery and our depression or anxiety or, you know, emptiness, restlessness, all of this that causes us to run to those things, we already talked about how that is a result of our spiritual death. And so we're running to escape that. But here's the thing. It doesn't just make us forget our spiritual death. These things make us forget the Lord. Like we forget everything when we go into hiding. This is kind of tough. Like these things are a temporary fix, but they they don't work in the long run, right? Here's the one that hit me this morning. No lie. I had the, the outline for this kind of all done. I thought through everything, you know, all the different aspects. But to this morning, I was like, oh my gosh, what if we don't run to any specific hiding place, specific thing, like what we just talked about? What if we just do life without God? Even if we're Christians, I'm not, I'm not talking about, what if we just give him a few minutes in our scriptures in the morning and then the rest of the day, we don't give him a second thought. We're off on our own 
caught up in our to-do list and our kids and running around. He's not with us at all. His presence has nothing to do with the rest of the day. We're just off doing life, not giving him a second thought. Can you see that? How similar that is to Adam and Eve running off into the trees? Like, I'm just doing life. Like, I, I just got all this stuff to worry about. And my God stuff is in the morning for a minute or when I have time or on Sunday when I have an hour for church. But the rest of the time, my mind is not with him. He's not with me. His presence isn't a part of my day. I'm just doing my thing. What if it's just how I do life? On my own, I've got this. I'm checking off the list. We're just doing life without him. There's, there's a couple of LDS scriptures that I thought of when I, as I was pondering this this morning. There's a verse in DNC 6, verse 36, that where Christ says specifically to his people, look unto me in every thought. Look unto me in every thought. I want to be with you all day. I want to be part of all of it. Um, there's another one that goes even deeper. This comes out of the Book of Mormon. It's Alma 37 where listen to how he describes what our day is supposed to look like. This is what Alma says in verse 36. He says, Yea, cry unto God for all thy support. Yea, let all thy doings be unto the Lord. And whithersoever thou goest, let it be in the Lord. Yea, let all thy thoughts be directed unto the Lord. Yea, let all the affections of thy heart be placed upon the Lord forever. And then he's not done. 37, counsel with the Lord in all thy doings, your whole to-do list, and he will direct thee for good. Yea, when thou liest down at night, lie down unto the Lord, that he may watch over you in your sleep. And when you rise in the morning, let your heart be full of thanks unto God. In the morning, at night, all day, whatever you're doing, all your doings, let it be unto the Lord. And if you do these things, you shall be lifted up at the last day. Like make him your everything all day, no matter what you're doing. He's with you. But what if we're just living in hiding? Like we're, we're on our own. We're like, okay, bye, see ya. I've got stuff to do and I'm not looking into him in every thought. That's hiding. I'm escaping. I, we need his presence with us throughout the whole day, whether we're doing something technically spiritual or technically non-spiritual. He wants to be part of it. I mean, Acts, Acts 17, Paul says, in him we live and move and have our being. Like he is the light of our heart. He is the life of our soul. But when we run off into our busyness, into our hobbies, into our escapes, when we're separated from his presence, we're also separated from the tree of life, right? That was what was in the garden. That was what we were getting life from that presence. And when we book it and go off like, I've got stuff to do. I don't have time to look unto him in every thought. <laughs> Are we ever going to find life in him if we're spending our life in hiding? Listen to this quote from A.W. Tozer. This comes from the book, The Pursuit of God. So the life of man upon earth is a life away from the presence. He's talking about God's presence. The life of man upon earth is a life away from the presence, wrenched loose from that blissful center, which is our right and proper dwelling place. The loss of which is the cause of our unceasing restlessness. We're wrenched from his presence. We're off doing life without him. And that loss is the cause, he says, of our unceasing restlessness. It's because we've left, quote unquote, he says, the blissful center which is where we're supposed to dwell with him, 
We're made to need him, to have him with us, to have his empowering beauty and strength and joy and all of that in us. But if we're running off, we're not going to have it. And yes, we're going to feel restless. Yes, we're going to feel empty because we're not going to the right source, right? For the life that we need. We're off in hiding. We're escaping. It's, you think about it, it's kind of a crazy cycle. We've, we feel the effects of spiritual death because we've been cast out of the garden. We feel we're spiritually dead and we're going to feel that. But we don't realize what the cure for it is. We don't realize that we need Christ. We need his presence in order to feel alive again, in order to bring us back from spiritual death. All we know is we feel empty or irritable or sad or restless or miserable or bored. And so right when we need him most, right when he has the fix for that, we run to places where we think will make us feel better. And truth is, they do for a little while, right? They do numb it. That food, that phone, that binge watch session, our hobbies, our little obsessions, they give us temporary pleasure. They make us forget about the emptiness for a while, but they don't give us life. Like they don't ignite That flame inside of us that we talked about in episode two, it's not perpetual. It's not burning in us that we're just getting a little temporary fix. I I had this image come into my head this morning about it's like a starving little child that is going back to the trash can in the alley for food, just scrounging through the trash can when there's a warm meal right on his table at home. Like the table is set. The meal is there. But we're just going to the alley to scrounge scrounge for scraps because we're so hungry. And we don't understand that there's a meal at home. Like Christ is going, I I have everything you need to fill that emptiness. But you're running off to all these other things. Ouch, right? Oh, I've been guilty of all this stuff. Ouch. Here's the worst part that hit me also as I began to really study our hiding places, how we run off, is they don't work, right? We just said. they'll, They'll do it temporary, but they won't really fill it. And so we go to them, we get a little fill, but then it runs out. And so we have to go back and then I go back and then I have to go back because it doesn't work. And so I have to get a little more and then a little more. If it's shopping, I just have to get on Amazon again or just need a little bit more sugar or I just need, I need to be on my app one more time. I just need more. And it becomes addictive, right? Because it doesn't work in the long term, it, it, we just have to get a little more and then a little more. It's addictive, We just get so attached to this. It's our only food. If we haven't gone and sat down to eat the meal at the table, but we're scrounging, we just have to keep going back because we are dead. We are spiritually dead. We need this food for our soul. But it's not filling us, so I just have to get a little more and then a little more. Oof. I'll tell you what. You don't think these things are addictive in your life. Just try to walk away from them, right? How many of us have tried a social media fast and then we're right back? We're right back. And it isn't even any different. Or just try to think of giving them up. As I began to look at my sugar addiction, man, I was so attached to that. I felt like if God took it away, I was going to be dead and lifeless forever. Like it was all my joy was taken away. Because I didn't know how to partake of his meal. I had just fed on scraps for so long. Um, it's funny. I So one of my favorite books is The 40 Day Sugar Fast. It's by Wendy Speak. I've, I've talked about it on my YouTube channel a bit. It's so great. It's so great. 
40 day sugar fast. You can find it on Amazon, but she does um, a Facebook group where they do an actual fast once a year, sometimes twice a year in 2020. I think they did too, but it's going on right now. It's the beginning right now. It's January, 2021 and, and they're doing it. And I follow this page because I love it. I love watching this process of trying to give up our escapes and turn back to the Lord. She doesn't just talk about fasting from sugar. She talks about specifically returning to him, seeking his presence, seeking his comfort instead of sugar. And so I've been reading these posts. Again, this is where social media is good, right? <laughs> it's not all bad. But I've been reading through and everybody's very raw and open on these on these um these discussion posts. But it's amazing how many women are starting to say while they're trying to give up sugar for 40 days. They're like, guess what? I've just run to all this other stuff. There's starting to be all these threads about now I've got to give up Amazon or or now I ran to this or now I ran to that. And what the fast from sugar is doing is it's bringing out all their other obsessive escapes as well, because the one is gone that feeds their soul. The sugar that has been so, you know, helpful in trying to numb the spiritual death. So you take that away and the soul just runs to all the other scraps. It's just been this long discussion and I thought it was so interesting that I've been reading this while I'm thinking about this. Like we, we are incredibly, um, wired to run to comfort rather than God. It's what that story of Adam and Eve shows us the fall. They tasted that fruit. They covered themselves with aprons and they took off. They took off. Oh my gosh, you guys, we got a lot to talk about with this. We're going to take another episode or two, but let me just finish with a scripture that we just did in the last um, episode. I think it was the last one. <laughs> Might be two. But we got to read verse the last verse that we didn't add. It was Isaiah 55. This is kind of bringing together everything we're talking about today. This is where Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, we read 1 through, tr- through sorry, 1 through 2, where he's talking about everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. If you have no money, come, buy, eat. I can't fill you. And then in two, remember we said, wherefore do you spend money for that which isn't bread? Why are you working for things that won't fill you? Your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me. Come back. Eat that which is good. Come to my table. I can fill you. And then he says in verse two, let your soul delight in fatness. Everything your starving, empty, restless, hungry soul could possibly need is at my table, but you've run away. And then in verse three, he says, incline your ear and come unto me. Come back here and look at the promise. Look at this here and your soul shall live. Your soul shall live. The spiritual death will be over. I can fill you in a way that your soul shall live. Food can't do that. Social media can't do that. Binge watching Netflix definitely can't do that. Come. He's just begging us to come back to the table. Not just 10 minutes in the morning, all day to be with him, to have his presence with us, to light that inner flame. Oh, how come time goes so quick? We have so much to talk about, but you know what? That's, I'm going to make that it for today. Ponder how you escape, ponder how you run and how it takes you away from his presence. Look at your escapes. Can you do them with him with you? Can you participate in that hobby with his presence with you? Then it's different. It's not an escape, but if it takes you away, then it's a hiding place. 
and we will talk more about that next time.